0: There came a sign 6-7, if you would please, out of respect to the Bible, let's just stand as we read. Be not deceived, verse 7, God is not mocked. For whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Father, help us to see exactly what you've said tonight. Make it clear to our hearts and in our minds. And when we leave tonight, may we leave thinking on your words, loving and understanding them, I pray. And We ask these things in Jesus' name and for his sake, amen. You may be seated. We often refer to Galatians 6, 7, 8, and 9 as the law of sowing and reaping. And really, it runs throughout the New Testament and throughout the Bible. It is a wonderful truth. Now, a couple things about this tonight. Number one, when the Bible says, Uh, If you sow to the flesh, you'll reap corruption. If you sow to the spirit, you'll reap life everlasting. It's not talking about salvation. You don't sow to be saved. You don't plant to be saved. You don't work to be saved. So what's it talking about? Well, it's saying if you sow to the flesh, that exists in time. But anything you sow to the Spirit has eternal value. So if you sow to the Spirit, whatever you sow to the Spirit lasts for eternity. Here's the second thing I want you to see about this. When he says, be not deceived, God is not mocked, it means, look, don't be hoodwinked. It may appear that one does not reap what he sows, but he will. So don't be tricked, don't be duped into thinking that you can sow and then not reap. A man will reap, he'll reap in kind, he'll reap in multiples, he'll reap in God's timing. So when one sows, he reaps. Now, people may think, well, I can can sow, but (laughs) that doesn't mean I will reap from what I have sown but you're mocking god you can't mock god you can try it may appear that one does not reap what he sows but mark this down in black and underline this in red you will reap what you sow number 3 it's talking here about reaping good things primarily now normally when we think of galatians 6789 we think you know You can't sin and get by with it. And that's true. And we say that because it says, if you sow to the flesh, you will of the flesh reap corruption. So often we preachers have said, no one ever gets by with sin. Now that's true. And Galatians 6 does say that. But that is not what Galatians 6 is saying. That is, it's not making the point that if you sin, you will reap the rewards of your sin. It does say that, but it says it in making a point. And the point is, if you sow to the Spirit, you'll reap things that are eternal in value. This passage is not making the point, primarily, that if you sin, you will reap from your sin. It's making the point that if you sow to the Spirit, you will be glad you did. And it uses reaping from sinful sowing to illustrate reaping from spiritual sowing. Because it says at the end of the passage, see if you can fill in the blank here, and let us not be weary in well-doing. It's not saying, don't be weary at sinning. Keep at it, brother. It's not saying that. It's saying, look, Don't be weary in well doing, for in due season you shall reap if you faint not. In other words, you're going to reap what you sow to the Spirit. God is the guarantor, and you will reap what you sow, and it's good news, not bad news. In other words, when you hear the statement, don't be deceived. God's not mocked. You're going to reap what you sow. Your first thought ought be. Praise the Lord. That's good, because that's the point the passage is making. Listen, there is a God in heaven, and you will reap when you sow to the Spirit. Just like a person who sows to the flesh reaps, so a person who sows to the Spirit reaps. And the passage is saying, don't be hoodwinked. Don't be fooled. Don't think God can be mocked. You will reap what you sow. Now, I've often thought, and I think this is true, that we can see reaping what we've sown when we sow to the flesh. I think all of us have heard enough that in at least the back of our minds, we believe, if I sin, I'm going to reap the consequences thereof. Now, it's true that some people laugh at that idea. I can do what I want, when I want, where I want, as I want, as much as I want, and nothing will ever come of it. But any thinking person knows that if you sow to the flesh, you're going to reap the rewards thereof. Any person with a brain that believes what God says believes that if you sow to the flesh, you will reap what you have sown. But you know, it's ironic. We often don't think we will reap the rewards of our sowing to the Spirit. That would be a blessing. We often don't think that. We think, well, yeah, I'll do the best I can, but you know. We'll just trust God and hope everything turns out all right. It's not what the Bible says. That's not the point of the Scripture. The point of Scripture is, listen, you sow to the Spirit, and you can mark it down in black. And underline it in red, you're going to reap what you have sown. Now let me, give you, let me give you four quick examples of this, all right? We'll take about no more than 30 minutes per example. Let me give you four quick, I'm just kidding. Let me give you four quick examples about this, all right? You ready? Number one, giving. Giving. Uh, Luke 638, I love Luke 638. It says, give and it shall be given unto you. Press down and shake together and running over shall men give unto your bosom. For with the same measure that you meet, with all it shall be measured unto you again. Now we all joke about this matter of giving. Uh, You know, we say things like, you know, it's more, uh, it's more blessed to give than to receive. So I'm going to let you pay for the meal tonight. Because I don't want to steal from you the blessing of giving. But you know. Oftentimes, we do not by faith believe that if we give, God will give back to us. Now listen, I'm not preaching health and wealth. And I'm not saying if you get $10, you're going to get back $100. That's not the point. But you should believe that a giver will always be able to give because he will have that with which to give. You know, I, I often think of the, um, the uh, widow who gave her two mites, and I often ask the question, where'd she get them? She was a widow. Jesus said of her, she gave all that she had, even her living. She gave everything. So how was she able to do that? Well, she was able to do that, obviously, because she lived by faith, believing that if she gave, she would receive. See, that's what, that's what living by faith means. It means I'm trusting God to honor his word when he has said, if I will give, I will receive, and therefore I'm going to trust him and give. See, somebody says, well, you shouldn't give to get. And I have always said this. Why not? What's the problem with that? Is Did God say if you give, you'll receive? Did he say that? Okay, then why should I be cute about it? I'm going to give this $5. Oh my goodness, God provided $2.50. I didn't expect. I have no idea where that came from. That's just amazing. No, it's not amazing. It's God keeping his word. See, and by the way, it's good for your kids to know that. If you've got small kids at home, it's good for your kids to see that if you will give, God will provide and you will receive. And so, in giving, remember this simple truth be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. That's good news. And let us not be weary in well doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. In other words, if you'll just keep trusting God, you will reap the rewards that God has promised when. You sow to the Spirit. Number two, your family. This is a biggie. I wish we had an hour and a half on this when we don't, and we won't take anything like that amount of time. But you know, it just amazes me how people do not want to trust God in their homes with their families. Now, let me stop and say this. So please listen. Don't don't go to sleep on this. This is important. When I preach to teenagers about sowing and reaping, I often say to teens, you are in the sowing years of your life because they haven't lived long enough to reap the benefits of sowing. So if you're not careful, you think, okay, I'm 50 plus or I'm 60 plus or whatever. I happen to be 75. So whatever you are, you say, well, You know, I must be in the reaping years of my life. No, that's not true. You're in the sowing and reaping years of your life. You don't need to stop sowing because you're past 50. But you can see God provide in your life whatever the needs are if you sow. And don't give up on your family. See, it is amazing to me how godly people see no faith in the business of trusting God with their children. How many times have you heard this? Hey, you've got good kids. How did that happen? Oh, I don't know. God was just good to us, I guess. I, I don't know how they turned out to stay out of prison. You know, they're just wonderful kids. Well, that's ridiculous. A person ought to live his life saying, I'm going to trust God when, you, when you're young, with my children, and believe that if I do what God says, that God will turn my kids out. I remember a, a gentleman years ago, he had six children. And somebody asked this gentleman, he was a preacher, they asked him, you think your kids are going to turn out right? He said, yes, I do. And they said, well, what makes you think they're going to turn out right? Now listen to his answer. He said, because I'm turning them out. And I love that. Now, his children are all grandparents now, and they're doing just fine. They're living for the Lord. And don't get caught in this business of, well, my children um, have disappointed me, and so Brother Bill's saying that I'm I'm a loser. No, I'm not. What I'm saying is, don't stop sowing with your family. See, Um, for example... The Bible says husbands love your wives even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. But in Ephesians 5 and 6 it doesn't say for women to love their husbands. Now in Titus, the Bible does say that the older ladies are to teach the younger ladies to love their husbands. But the emphasis in Ephesians is husbands love your wives. Okay, well why did not the Bible say and wives be sure that you love your husbands? Because if a husband will love his wife, he will reap what he has sown. Somebody says, well, I love my wife, and I haven't reaped what I've sown. You know what you're doing? You're mocking God. You're saying, in my case, it doesn't work. And you are, in effect, saying God is a liar. Trust him. Love your wife. Reap what you've sown. What about our kids, Brother Bill, that have disappointed us? Well, do, do all you can to love your kids. You know, the Bible says, I love this. This is Romans 12. Avenge not yourselves, neither get place to wrath. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. I will repay. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him to drink. For in so doing, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Now, listen to this. Be not overcome of evil overcome evil with good. You're following this? Okay, so you're hurting in your family. Trust God with it. Just believe that God cannot be mocked and just believe that if you sow to the Spirit, you will reap. Number three, soul winning. I love this. I love this. I I noticed uh, this church works at soul winning. By the way, I love the track thing. I tried to get Mary to shout out thirty-two thousand six hundred and forty, but she wouldn't do it. And it's a good thing because we didn't pass that many out this week. But I'm going to next week. I'm gonna get a box of tracks and going down 75 at 75 miles an hour, open the window, and then I'll come back to church next Sunday night and say thirty-seven thousand three hundred and forty. And everybody would go, Wow. Did you really do that? And I will say, Yeah. (laughs) Then I will reap what I've sown. Okay. So, in sowing, you know, I love this. In, uh, in, In the Gospels, we have what is called the Great Commission. Matthew says, we're to go into the world, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've taught you, and, lo, I'm with you always. And just before that, in the book of Matthew, it says, we're to go into the world and we're to teach people, baptizing them in the name of the father the son and the holy spirit. So let me ask you a question. What kind of people you baptize? Do you baptize saved people or lost people? Okay. Well, evidently then when you teach the gospel, you're going to see people saved. See, don't let Satan pull your chain about this. I've given out tracts. I've talked to my neighbor. I work at it, but I just never see anybody saved. Listen, if you will be faithful, in witnessing, you will see people come to Christ. I don't know how many. Maybe you'll talk to 30 people and see one saved. That's fine. You'll still reap what you have sown and trust God with it. See, trust God with the matter of sowing and reaping. One more. Can you believe we're already at number four? One more. Your church. Have you ever said this? Uh, I went to church. uh but just somehow, I don't know what it is. I I just didn't, somehow I just didn't get anything. You know what I'm saying? Um, Brother Bill was sick and he was home and we had this other guy in. And, uh, somehow I, I just didn't get anything at church. Well, let me help you out with this. You're not supposed to get stuff at church. You say, What? No, it's the truth. You're not supposed to get stuff at church. You're supposed to give stuff at church. Hebrews chapter 10 says, we are to provoke. You know, that's the passage that says we're not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, especially as we see the day approaching. All right, so why are we not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together? By the way, evidently there were people in the first century who did. They forsook the assembling of themselves together. Now you're here, so there's no need of my preaching to the choir, but the question would be, why should I be in church? And here's what the passage says. It says, we are to provoke one another unto love and good works. Okay, the word provoke means to incite or stir up. So when I come to church, I'm supposed to stir you up unto love and good works. Now some other time we'll talk about what love and good works means, but I am to stir you up. I am to provoke you unto love and good works. All right, but it says, provoke one another. So how does this work? Okay, you should know this, class. If I come to church, and I believe that if I sow to the Spirit, I will reap, and I am not to get weary in well-doing, and if I stir, and if I sow, and if I help you, you also will help me. See, it says we are to provoke one another. So as I provoke you, and think of the word as in sight, as I stir you up. Now listen to this: God will see to it that I am encouraged and helped. Okay. So if you say, Well, I go to church, but you know, I of late I've not been encouraged, I've not been in help. What does that mean? think. I go to church, but lately I've not been stirred. I've not been provoked. I've not been encouraged. I've not been helped. What does that mean? You've not been stirring. You've not been helping. You've not been provoking. Oh, you sh- oh, Brother Bill. Oh, Brother Bill, you just don't realize I have really been stirring others unto love and good works just last week. The guy that did the special, I saw him after church and I said, that was lousy. And I encouraged him to do better next time he sang. Now look, you know what you're doing? When you say, I go to church and I am encouraging other people, but I'm not getting encouraged, you're mocking God. You're saying, I have sown, but I am not reaping. Are you following this? See, it's not just a teenager that says, okay, I, uh, I, I stole a lady's purse and I'm going to get by with it. No, you're not. Okay. You say, I went to church and I encouraged other people and I've gotten by with it. No, if you encourage other people, you're not going to get by with it. You're going to reap what you've sown. Are you following this? See, you're going to reap what you sow. Don't mock God. Take him at his word and believe it. And you say, well, I've I've tried and I've tried to encourage people at church, but somehow it just doesn't work. What are you doing? What are you doing? You're mocking God. You won't get by with that. It doesn't work. Um, Be not deceived. God is not mocked for Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Now we know about the evil stuff. Let's get to the good stuff. Um, if I sow to the Spirit, I will of the Spirit reap things that are eternal in value. So Get a smile on your face, get joy in your heart, and get to work at sowing because you'll reap. And you'll reap every time. You know, this is this is not important, but I, a fellow talked to me the night before the service about a service we were in together, uh, and this was in 1980, so that's uh, 80, 90, 20 years, 37 years ago. I was seven at the time. But at any rate, we were <laughs> we were in a service together, he and I, and in that service, the pastor and the church, and they sowed and so on and so forth. And we were just talking about what a blessing the service was and how God worked in the service. Now, in that wonderful? This is 37 years later. And I'm an old guy now. But I can still reap the blessings of people having sown to the Spirit 37 years ago. Does that make sense? Um, it's one more thing and I'm finished. Last summer at the ranch. I heard evangelist Frank Finney. He sang tonight and his wife played the piano, Lindsay. And I heard evangelist Will Rice, that's her son. And I heard evangelist Tim Thompson. And I heard evangelist Troy Carlson. And I heard evangelist Matt Downs. These guys are all kids. They're just mere children. They're in their 30s and 40s. They're just kids. And I heard every one of them. Say things that I had heard my father and my uncle say 45 years ago. So here's Bill Rice, that would be my father, and he sown. This is 45 years ago. And you know, at the Bill Rice Ranch, we're still reaping what he sown. Isn't that a blessing? See, um, I had a grandfather, um, his name was Bill Rice. Actually, he went by Will. He was a Texas cowboy, and he had three preacher sons, Joe, John, and Bill. Bill Rice and John Rice were brothers. John Rice is my uncle. So Bill Rice was the youngest in the family. That's ironic. My grandfather, whom I never met, had three wives, and he outlived all three of them. And John Rice was with the first wife, and Bill Rice and Joe Rice were with the third. And Bill Rice, my father, was the youngest because before him, I forgot, it, it's either two or three Bill Rices had died at birth. So the last boy in the family was Bill Rice. Well, Bill Rice had uh, three preacher sons, one by adoption, and Pete and myself, and uh, so I'm, I'm Bill Rice the third. Then I have a son, that's a preacher, and he's Bill Rice the fourth. And he has a son that's 17, and he's Bill Rice the fifth. This is getting kind of monotonous, don't you think? He's Bill Rice the fifth, and when Wilson, that's what we call him, Wilson, when Wilson gets married, his first child is going to be Bill Rice the sixth. You say, Brother Rice, what if it's a girl? I don't care. Her name is going to be Bill Rice the sixth. Now, here's all I'm saying. Granddad sowed in his family, and he reaped it in the family of his children, his grandchildren, his great-grandchildren, and by the grace of God, his great-great-grandchildren. I'm telling you, you can take this to the bank. God has not mocked what you sow, you reap. And we ought not be weary in well-doing. We should believe that if we sow and faint not, we will reap. Let's bow for prayer. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church, Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285.